This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Electric toothbrushes sent to your home every three months with brush head refills. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get your first brush head refill free. That's tryquip.com slash thumbs. That's just my this is my canvas for painting. <laughs> I work in the medium of a quips ad. Yeah. That's, I really I call I, really, them, I call them my quips. I've broken out of the the formal constraints of the genre. <laughs> my my oeuvre has been expanded. <laughs> my milieu, if you will. Uh. Tryquip.com slash thumbs. <laughs> Nick, your how's your microphone? Are you confident? Uh, it's fine. It's a good microphone. Your microphone. I am very right, confident. Cool. Well, I'm ninety percent confident. Let's, let's say ninety percent <laughs> confident. Ten percent chance that you've got another real fun week in front of you. <laughs> well, what would life be without you know a little uh, unpredictability? You never know. Yeah, no, it's true. A little unpredictability followed by an incredible <laughs> set of hours of very high predictability yes. in which you literally repeat all of your words verbatim. It's true. <laughs> With some bonus fart noises. That fucking killed me. It's March 9th, 2018. And this is important if true. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Wow. I am. That was a stately introduction. Well. An august introduction. For a March podcast. <laughs> for a March podcast? <laughs> what? Like a stately Aug- march? Aug- what is that? Oh, august, august. march. Ah! <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Good. Welcome. Welcome, you guys. Nick, welcome back to... Uh, uh, actually being, being on a this? human being who being is a live? human being with yeah. us here. Yep. As far as we know, as far as yeah, as far as you guys know, Nick's yeah. algorithms could have just improved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or for all we know, uh, you just sound like shit. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you probably sound fine. Uh, I just wanted to quickly <laughs> check up on how this extra human Nick. How how has it been in Canada recently? We haven't done a Canadian check in mm. for a few weeks. Uh, Canada's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, have not curled yet, but soon. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's a there's an email we got from Greg that I want to seed here. Um, he writes, as a Vancouver resident, I'd love to hear more about Nick's time in Vancouver, but I also have a suggestion from my American wife. She has a game called Canadian Baiting, where you casually drop mentions of Canadian celebrities like Shatner or icons like the Canadarm in conversation without explicitly <laughs> stating they are Canadian. Is that how you pronounce that, by the way? Canadarm? I guess so. I want to know I, how you casually drop word. that into a conversation, first yeah. of all. <laughs> the Canadarm is... Jake, do you not know what this is? So it's the arm on on space shuttles or whatever, right? That yeah. has the yeah, Canada on the, on the space, side? On the space, on, on now on Space yeah. Station, but it used yeah. to be... Yeah. The space arm that Canada is proud of. Yep. Anyway, this email from Greg continues, Most Canadians immediately pounce and fill in the gap, like, Did you know Sharon, Lois, and Bram are Canadian? I also wonder if you have any other connections to Canada. With Nick recording in Canada, you are almost in, con- in compliance with MAPL Canadian content rules, although talk radio rules are a bit different. Take off, Greg. Is take off Canadian slang? I don't be. know. I looked up MAPL Canadian content rules, and that's a thing where you can be qualified as being made in Canada and I think get tax breaks and stuff mm. if a certain percentage of your creative thing is made in 
Canada. And I think with only one out of three of our hosts being in Canada, I don't think it counts. No, oh, bummer. Yeah, oh. too bad. Nick, have you ever engaged in Canadian baiting? Uh, I thought about it the other day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thought about it the other day? I thought about it real hard. We were uh, we were skiing uh, on a local mountain here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... Um, I mean, I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't interact with a lot of Canadians for very long, uh, you know, like because just, you because we you, haven't we haven't made a lot of tasteful. Well, we yeah, I mean, generally, but but also like we just haven't made a lot of uh, Canadian friends that we would just like hang mm. out with regularly. Is that your um, fault or their fault? Uh, it's probably both. Um, okay. But uh, we were we were skiing, and <laughs> you know, when you're skiing, sometimes there's like a you know you have two man lifts, so if you're skiing with somebody else, you can just ride up on the lift, and it's fine. But then yep. occasionally you'll you'll hit like four man lifts and you're gonna be riding up with uh, up to two people who you don't know uh, and yep. you're in very close proximity to these people and you have nothing to talk about for like you know a long period of time as you're making your way up the mountain and so we got paired with this with this just single guy and you know we were riding up and I the whole time I was just like. <laughs> destroyed by this thing because i was there was nothing to talk about like he, he clearly yeah. had like i could tell like we had nothing in comedy he had like, one of those like goofy hats on and just like you know like, <laughs> i could tell we had nothing i, I in knew comedy. i just he had knew. a weird hat i knew but i was just sitting here thinking sure. like god i could just bait this guy like if i could just figure out a way to like be talking to janelle and just like you know just casually mention right you know william shatner or something and well, I was, you'd have to oh my you'd god it was also casually me. You'd have to also casually allude to your Americanness first. Mm. I know, her. yeah, yeah. No, I know. I like a, a whole conversation tree just like was exploding in my brain. Like, <laughs> how could I like start this conversation perfectly and then set yeah. it up so that like somehow William Shatner got you know woven into the fabric of the conversation? Like, how would that even get? Like, I just I was and by the time like I had sort of like gotten the courage up to even start this, like we were getting <laughs> off the lift and it was over. My my chance was right. over. I, I was you, not prepared. You, I was ill prepared for the Canadian baiting. <laughs> I did not. I did not uh, equip my tackle box. Uh, it seems yeah. like you were cycling over and over again about how specifically to introduce William <laughs> Shatner. <laughs> is that just because he is the only Canadian celebrity you know, or because you particularly are just fascinated by Shatner? Or well, something? it was just the one mentioned in the email, so that's just that's just the thing. Oh, because you read the now. email. I, 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 I yeah, 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 I I need I, I basically I need to like. Oh, you actually thought that was easier down. than Canadarm? <laughs> <laughs> the connection between Shatner and Canadarm is that they're both space related. You know, <laughs> that's Star Trek. true. Like, God, that's I just true. love American space icons like William Shatner and the Canadarm. <laughs> I just love space icons from my country, right. yeah. America. I love how America made the Canadarm. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I mean, it's fair enough. That's given not, that that's not baiting. That's just a shot to the face. That's just like saying, yeah. like, fuck you. That's just an appropriate <laughs> skewering of the meaninglessness of the term Canadarm. Yeah. I think the Canadarm is probably really cool, I imagine. I think the mm. Canadarm is probably the most American thing on the International Space Station. <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a weird... Backhand, <laughs> yeah, no, it does. Ab yeah. About that is actually dumping on America somehow, but I can't figure yeah. out exactly how. It's somehow it's, it's, it's totally, like getting it into like being like a bumper sticker. It's getting into like yeah, it's, <laughs> where yeah, there's some right, implied yeah. jab at someone that only yeah. means something mm -hmm. to the car that it's stuck to. <laughs> yes, Canada, 
like Canadian baiting is is interesting because it's at a national level, but that I feel like Canada is just its own hometown in that way. Like mm. any like hometown baiting is totally just mm. fair game for yeah, any. Like, that's true. Canada is like North America's hometown, I guess, in the way in the way that they <laughs> that, right? that that type of pride. But just like yeah. I I find that to be something that is attractive and feels like something I can never have as an American. Like the idea of pride. Being, of, of well, of of like countrywide pride about particular figures mm. or icons from your country, like that, that's so, so dumb to be like, oh wow, George Clooney, so proud to be an American. Like it doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. that's, right. doesn't mean anything. And like, he's you from here. It's, yeah. We export so much just cultural exactly. garbage that you yeah. can't be like, ah ha ha, right? The movies, right? Like yeah. uh, ah Hollywood. Like <laughs> you're such an asshole if you if you. <laughs> publicly and outwardly take pride in that. That's just such a... Yet another thing from America. (laughs) (laughs) Really punch it above its weight. Yeah, it's just stupid. You know, it's like... I mean, it feels like you get to be in, like, a club if you're from Canada or, honestly, most other countries. Just because Mm -hmm. the United States is so huge as a developed country that it, it just ends up being really disproportionately exporting of its pop culture. Yeah, I mean that's not really anything to complain about, but there's always a little bit of twinge of like, ah, oh, that must be cool to have that like, shared. That's why you gotta get you gotta get more local. You know, you have to yeah. be like, oh, that's from California. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Movies. Yeah, see, that's still pretty. That's still pretty lame. Ah, yes, that technology that you use, it came from San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) This terrible thing that you have in your pocket? Yeah, you really do have to just get down to the hometown level, I feel, with a lot of American stuff, Mm -hmm. because that's what's actually notable, is like, oh, that guy went to my high school, or whatever. Uh, Tony Tony Hawk went to my high school. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Uh Uh-huh. I really hang my hat on that. Yeah. Yep. Tom Waits lives in my hometown, which is my, like- Really? Petaluma? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. So we got got that one. We got Tom Waits. Yeah. All right. We got Tom Waits. We got Tony Hawk. Nick, who's your hometown hero? God, I don't think I have one. Then it's you. If you don't have a hometown <laughs> hero, it's it's because uh, it's, it's you. Yeah, it must be. No, I don't. I, award I, winner I, Nick Brecken. I don't think anybody ever came from my hometown. Like, What's your hometown? Ann Arbor? Yeah. Well, Plymouth. Plymouth, though. If, if, Plymouth? If, Ann Arbor is not specific enough for, for what we're talking about. Plymouth, I see. Plymouth would have to be the thing. And I don't think, uh-huh. I don't think, we, had, I don't think we had one. Yeah. Have, have you to, ever looked at the notable residence section? on? Wikipedia I haven't, actually. I bet, I bet I could find somebody yeah. that would surprise All me. Right. <clears throat> okay. Well, maybe mix that in with the Canadian baiting and be like, well, William Shatner, I may have been mistaken. William Shatner may not be American, but... Did you know? And then bring up Plymouth <laughs> right. and see how impressed they are. Yeah. I'll, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll try that. Should we do an email here? Sure. This is a very short email, but it, it spun out <clears throat> into something that we all found very fascinating. Chris writes, my district health board thinks it has an AI and it clearly is just a guy. <laughs> this, I didn't realize that rhymed. I know. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that now good. means that it's uh, an upcoming <clears throat> Netflix show, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, what, that entire sentence? Oh, just, is it AI or is it a guy? Oh. (laughs) AI or just a guy. AI or just a guy. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, This is an incredible story, Jake. I don't know if you want to summarize this at all. Um, I can try. Yeah, this was a, there was a link that that we will provide as well in our episode description to an article on a site called The Spinoff, which is a New um, Zealand-based website, and it's completely outrageous yeah there's a sort of 
it seems like New Zealand-based entrepreneur, like tech entrepreneur, who has... It's unclear what exactly he does yeah. or what his skills are. He's had numerous articles written about him as sort of a self-made, as New Zealand's like self-made tech genius where he claims like, oh, I made my own cell phone tower when I was 11 or something like that, which is an easily disputable claim from a technological standpoint. But whatever, he's he has all sorts of business endeavors. Some seem to exist. Some seem to have never existed. Yeah, he has a bunch of companies that are all called Terrible. Yes. So he has an, he has an internet service provider I, I guess that seems to be real. Called, called Terrible, Terrible Talk. Talk yeah. <laughs> that is in New Zealand. It's based in Christchurch, New Zealand, I believe. And it is a... The weird thing is that his companies are all registered as nonprofits. Uh, and it seems like some of them are real and some of them are just absolutely made up and don't exist. It, it's very strange. It's really hard to... Yeah. Untangle all this, but anyway. So this guy named Albie Whale has has yeah, now, his name also, by the way, is Alberic Whale or Albie Whale. Yes, which is an, just a good name. It's an intense mm-hmm. name. His most sort of consistently in in the last couple of years newsworthy effort is this medical AI that he claims to have invented called Zach. Zach is an artificial intelligence. Just like the name Z A C H. Just yeah, just Zach. Zach. Just the guy. Um, Zach is ostensibly an AI that can help physicians with diagnosis and any other sort of possible medical issue. Yeah. It's, like it, reading yeah. electrocardiogram results and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's claimed uh, repeatedly to be built on quote unquote custom silicon and to require <laughs> like, it's like tons of circuitry that is cooled by huge amounts of liquid nitrogen. It's uh, it's variously claimed at different points to be running on custom silicon, to be running on hundreds of tons of nitrogen cooled, like supercomputer. And or, it's also like, or it's an array of multiple Cray supercomputers. Yeah, if, if anyone remembers Cray supercomputers, those amazing like two thousand one A Space Odyssey looking room-sized yeah. computers or modern cray uh, supercomputers which just look like a row of vending machines apparently yeah. mm-hmm. um well so here let's 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 let's, let's read a clip oh here how does this computer from, work chris yeah this is how this computer works this how, is, does, this how is, do doctors interface with zach <laughs> this is a clip from the article <laughs> dr robert seddon smith a general practitioner tells me it's his job to train zach so when patient notes come back with errors he feeds tips back and reference materials to zach and zach will learn quote it cannot just do analysis of data. It can apply judgment according to how it's trained, end quote. I ask what the interface looks like. How is he interfacing with Zach? Oh, email. <laughs> e- email? You just email it, I say? Yeah, you email it. I'm told that getting a response from Zach is not instantaneous. Zach can only deal with so many queries at once, and it can take 20 minutes or longer to get the information back. Um... <laughs> Zach is totally just a guy. Zach is just a guy answering emails. I know. It's oh. Zach is just a guy maybe named Zach. Yeah, I know. I really <laughs> hope it's Zach. <laughs> this technology was initially named Hannah and then got renamed to Zach. <laughs> it's totally just an actual person. And I feel Hannah. like that just means like that means that it was just a woman person. named Hannah. Yeah. And now it's just a guy named like, sorry, Hannah got real stressed out and quit. Uh, so the technology has been upgraded <laughs> to Zach. God, you know the response times got much faster. You know the other kind of like the thing about this. I don't know if you did. You guys end up reading about Terrible Talk, all those other companies. Mm -mm. You know what's really weird about this? Terrible Talk doesn't 
is it's uh, apparently a real internet service provider in New Zealand. It doesn't actually pay any of its employees. All of its employees are retired baby boomer volunteers who work for the company because the mission statement of the company is that it is going to make the world a better place by like donating its profits to charities in some form. But all its employees are just old See, retired people who are like, yeah, I've just got lots of time on my hands and I really want to make the world a better place. So they just do all the like customer service responses and stuff. Oh yeah, sometimes doctors write in with questions and I just go on Wikipedia <laughs> and find right. the answer and exactly. send it to them. I'm yeah, just helping yeah. them out. This guy, this 25-year-old <laughs> kid from New Zealand has, I guess I shouldn't call him a kid, this 25-year-old man from New Zealand already has an established business where it is like known that the way it works is that he just convinces retired people <laughs> to do all of the customer service replies via email for free. I actually free. kind of love also, this. Also, yeah. Also, maybe not coincidentally, he separately has an apparently extremely advanced medical AI that just takes 20 minutes to respond to your email and give you like a sometimes misspelled result. The doctors are like, oh yeah, the spelling's not great, but that's because you know, it's machine learning. It's machine learning. It's so human. There's an incredible bit at the end of the article. The, uh, the author of the piece is saying, I'd also heard from people who said Zach occasionally had bad spelling. Keeping in mind everything I'd learned about Albie and David Whale, David Whale's Albie Whale's father, by the way, I began wondering, what if there is no AI? What if keeping in mind Occam's razor, everyone was just talking to a boring old human? After all, Albie's Hannah Group co-founder, Charlie Warren, had seemed a little uncertain in the Stuff article. It could have been a person somewhere. It was hard to tell. I tell Dr. Seddon Smith it's almost like he's dealing with a human. He replies, sometimes it's very hard to believe you're not. <laughs> the, uh, how does the co-founder of this company not even seem clear about what this is? How is this person hoodwinked? That could also just be a very careful non-answer. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But why would you acknowledge that it might be a person? I, I don't know. The the thing that was really incredible and kind of sad, actually, it made me feel really bad for this guy, is the doctor, the actual medical doctor mm. who is training this thing, who is clearly 100% hoodwinked. There is no way this guy's in on it. He clearly is totally sucked into this, genuinely believes it real, clearly had some kind of technical knowledge that at one point mm. was... I think probably ahead of the curve in terms of the general public's exposure to computers. Like it, he's like, well, he, speaking to the reporter, he's like, I've been programming computers since before, before you've you were, even been alive. Yeah. But it's pretty clear he's not actually like a currently up to speed computer programmer. He's just really, really excited about being involved so this with is a, a vanguard a tragic, AI. A tragic New Zealand doctor who has fallen in love with a cement statue of I, a doctor. <laughs> yes, I think that's exactly right. Well, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a cement statue. A silicon well, statue. Well, a custom silicon doctor <laughs> statue. <laughs> but I mean, really, it's just like an old guy interfacing with another old guy. And in between it is like a kid <laughs> saying, like, it's a computer. Like, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's really advanced. And the, and the two old guys are just, God. like, happy and just completely, they don't care. Hopefully, They're so happy with this arrangement. The one old guy is just helping out. You know, he's just happy, like, right. learning about, like, EKGs and stuff. Like, he's just so pleased, probably, on the other, that, on the other end of that computer. Yeah. And meanwhile, Zach the doctor's happy. Doing. No one's not happy. Maybe, oh, God, maybe Zach... 
the the person who's actually answering the questions, maybe Zach is also being told that he is interfacing with an AI and he's training. Oh it. my god! Maybe right. he's this also AI is giving oh you a bunch god. of different inputs, and your your job is to answer its questions, answer it cor- like a human would, right? And it will then learn how to answer like a human. That would that. Oh my god! Maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> I, I hope so. Because, Chris. I mean, uh, whoever Zach is, they're clearly not being paid enough to right. maintain yeah. this outrageous illusion. So maybe that's maybe Albie Whale is actually... A genius? A, yeah, maybe Albie Whale is making everyone in the world happy by just sort of telling them under like just the most vague auspices <laughs> wait, wait, that there's uh, a computer in between, and they're just all like living satisfied lives talking to each other about the thing they love. Uh, Wait, I have, a, I have a totally like weird idea actually for how you could okay. for like the economy. You know how jobs <laughs> are. You know, I have a totally uh, weird idea for like the economy. <laughs> no, I just bear with me here. So you know how go on. I, I am Chris. You know how jobs are done <laughs> by. Your butt. <laughs> Sorry, you know how jobs once said insanely great. <laughs> uh, you know how he once said. Good artists uh, copy, great artists steal. You know how jobs are done by computer processes and algorithms and, you know, like how when you use a website or any kind of service, instead of being a person, you're just dealing with some really sort of annoying collection of like, you know, kind of phone tree garbage and auto stitch together things or, you know, you use some web thing and it's just a bunch of stupid processes that like put your shit together. What if instead of that, what if you actually hired a person to do jobs? Like what if we Mm. actually hired human beings to do stuff instead of having it be AI and algorithms? Like, I think this person might be onto something, which is employing people to do things and you pay those people and then uh, more people have jobs. Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll allow this hypothesis only if it is continued to be covered by the faintest veneer of there not being a person there <laughs> so that I don't have to think yeah. about the fact that I'm interfacing with a person. Right. Mm. That's fine. Chris. I see, yeah. Yeah, as long this as it is- seems advanced uh, right. I don't care fine. if it's advanced. I just want it to be anonymous. <laughs> I don't want to have to look this person in the eye. I don't want to have to even yeah. have the chance that I might have to relate to them about remember? something at a hu- on a human Jake, level. Jake, do you remember months ago when we went to that robot coffee cafe? <laughs> yes. What if there was just a dude in there, like, <laughs> frantically, like spinning his arms around and like There's manipulating a guy with two joysticks big, who just yeah. has become good at manipulating no, the or arm? He's just literally inside the thing. <laughs> what if that was a canadarm? You guys, what if the canadarm is just a like, Canadian a man, really tall guy with a long arm waving it around? <laughs> yeah, that's like whenever you see video, whenever I oh, sorry you, whenever I see video of a bear, I always just think it's a guy in a bear suit. It definitely think. looks like that. Did you guys see that? stuff about when bitcoin was really exploding in value late last year on i mean just on an essentially an almost an exponential scale and all the there were all these coin things going on and people were making new <sighs> coins and everyone was buying the coins and people were going crazy for cryptocurrency yeah, people- they're going crypto crazy uh <laughs> when that happened God, all of these cereal. sorry all of, <laughs> it is all all of these other companies i may have even mentioned it on this podcast but like all these other companies that had nothing to do with cryptocurrency or yeah. any currency or computers. Suddenly just like, blockchain, blockchain, coin, yeah. coin, coin. Like the mm-hmm. Long Island Ice Tea Company renamed itself the Long Blockchain yeah. Company and its stock just skyrocketed. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what we're describing here with AI. Where if you just claim that you're kind of just normal 
service industry thing is powered by advanced AIs. Yes. But you can still just like pay normal people to do it. And they do it probably like as about as well as a computer can anyway. Then Yeah, I mean like, you're good. Success. The the um so many websites just have a chat with a person thing that comes up and yeah. those those all mm. claim to be a person, but they're yeah. always it's ambiguous to me how much of yeah. that is automated and how much is a yeah. person and I'm sure that it is just a meld. Mm-hmm. Um podcasts Podcasts, uh, right? Po- how much of that is a person that's just recording? Who can say? After the fact? Yeah, you never Nobody, even really, no, you you don't never even know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys hear a farting noise? You guys like a uh-uh, fart? No, I I no, uh, Amazon Alexa is actually one that I think most people trust to be a fully algorithmically generated one, and it probably has to be at the scale at which Amazon, or Google Alexa, Home, any of these things, yeah, any of yeah. the big, the big, big, big ones. Yeah, it's like enough people have those in their house that it can't just be one guy or an army of guy answering emails. Like, there's <laughs> right. no way. Yeah. No, yeah. If it's just like, I need help with my very specialized equipment, oh, we offer an AI assistant for that. You don't. It's clearly just hundreds of people at a phone bank that has right. like some chat mm-hmm. responses. Yep. I mean, in fact, that was, that was, there was a similar article actually about this when some, a journalist was trialing a Facebook personal assistant that the more the person used it, the more it became clear, this is definitely just a person. Right. Like, it was explicitly <laughs> sold. It was explicitly, like, stated, like, this is an advanced AI kind of assistant. We would, and we would call it the most advanced AI. <laughs> of all. Man. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the person writing the article was like, I just kept giving it weirder and weirder things to do, and it got more frazzled and was, like, getting... I mean, it was just... It was a really right. good... God, imagine... So that's, that's the world that I imagine that Zach... Is like if mm. Zach, this medical assistant, <laughs> takes off. Like, what if, what if, like, fucking House MD signs up for Zach and is like, I have the most outrageous <laughs> medical conditions that have never before been seen. Like, that's the that's like the, the oh one god that, oh god that I want to see is, is yeah. an episode of House where they're dealing with right. just like the most Zach. If you don't respond possible. right now, this man will die. <laughs> <laughs> just like sort of old New Zealand uh, general practitioner who's sort of retired but has agreed to help out other yeah, doctors right. by answering their emails. It's just like, oh, no. Oh, just like just yeah, the beads of sweat. sweating yeah. profusely yeah. while typing at home from like his old power book. Right. Like, yeah. Just oh, while going through actual leather-bound right. tomes that he has around. He's like, ah, ah. What? Like, ah, they thought it was these 15 things, which is, I thought it was that, but it's clearly not those. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> just four sweating middle-aged New Zealand doctors in, yeah. in their homes, all like on the phone with each other, just like on landlines. Like, oh, do you, <laughs> it's, oh. A neural, it's a neural network. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, although in that now becomes a TV show in which they are heroes and they're just right, a task of course. force. That's yeah, that's the like that's the. It's eventually space, outed that it it's is basically not, the yeah. space cowboys of medical drama. <laughs> right, these like four like charming old. Mm-hmm. Doctors. Right, that's, that's sort of the season one finale is like the ambiguity that it wasn't an AI is actually just New Zealand doctors breaks. Right, and everyone realizes it's just these four old guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, but then they they're heroes. They're heroes. They solve mm-hmm. the they solve the the brilliant. So you can case. then sort of pivot to your new angle for season two, right. where they're just the world's where medical they're just task they're force. just bosses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they have to solve a murder or something. <laughs> they probably have to solve a murder. Then they then they work with uh, the world's best tactical minds to create the real AI. Ah, there you mm. go. And then they're replaced. and they put themselves out of a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're fired. <laughs> then they die. <laughs> then they die. God. Oh, Eventually, the AI can't save them. It's actually a tragic <laughs> tale. 
This whole thing is meant to admonish you for not listening to old people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Good. <laughs> By the way, I I for the this past weekend I was on a, a a ski trip that I go on with former coworkers. We do every year, and it's really fun. But it was really different this year, in that for the first time, like voice activated personal assistants were all over the big ski cabin that we all rented together. Ooh, like they were mm. just put there by the landlord? No. Well, there was one that was there, I think, by the landlord that was just... I, I don't even actually know. It was it was there when I got there, and we were the first car, so it must have just been by the landlord. But then other people also had, like, Google phones. with Like, there was an Alexa. No, there was a Google Home and, like, all this shit. And it was... I, I, there were times where it was useful. Get away from the Maybe big we, city. <laughs> The, yeah, well, I, I so I hate this stuff. I mean, just on a personal level, yeah. Uh, whatever, people do whatever they want. But I don't like the idea of talking to my phone, so I have all that stuff as disabled as it can be, which is infuriatingly not 100% disabled because Apple doesn't let you do that. Uh, but I have it. I have at least Siri turned off. Mm-hmm. You can't turn it off all the way because you've got to keep uh, New Zealand's elderly in, in, in uh, work. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, Zach, Zach needs a hobby at least. Zach's got to eat. Um, and oh yeah, so Zach needs a hobby. He's unpaid. You're right. We, we, so we were in this ski cabin, and people were like, "Okay, Google, play you know whatever music." And like I would say, like sixty five percent of the time, it as long as you were giving it a fairly ordinary instruction, it worked. But the thing that was so occasionally, we would just dive into these moments of complete unintentional insanity where someone would say, okay, Google, do something, and nothing would happen, and they would keep saying it, and then someone else would be like, oh my god, my phone is going crazy right now, because someone (laughs) else's phone would, like, overhear this and start doing stuff, and it would, you'd say something, and if it didn't understand it, it would just immediately start doing the other thing that it thought you were saying to do. I mean, most of the time it was fine, but enough of the time it was just, like, a carnival of garbage. that That makes you feel crazy as a person who never interfaces with stuff using voice where I just Me push too. a button on a thing and yeah. it does the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it was I couldn't it was really <laughs> trying, I will say. Also, every time you adjust the volume, like it lowers the volume so that it finishes hearing what you're saying. Then the volume goes back up to the lower volume. But people would think that the initial duct lowered volume that it just does to hear you mm. was the new volume and they'd be like oh that's way too low turn it up and then it would go up to what you originally <laughs> said it to but then it would go up again after that after going down like the, the whole thing is just when there's multiple people interacting with multiple of these things in the same place it becomes just a just a comedy of of trash uh and i it did it, it, uh, anyway what do you want to talk about with alexa oh i i want to talk about an article that i think i think that you sent to us, Chris, that just... I didn't send any articles. Oh, oh, this was an article that someone <laughs> tweeted to us. Oh, okay. Yeah. It it cracked me up and also freaked me out. And it was an article on BuzzFeed. Yeah, this is strange. It was an article on BuzzFeed just called Alexa Devices Are Laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's multiple reports from people all across the internet with with not a lot of evidence, which I find very frustrating. Not a lot of evidence, but so commonly stated it's, in yeah, totally mm-hmm. different places that there must be truth to yeah, it. People yeah, people commonly with consistent descriptions say that their Amazon 
Echo devices, which contain Alexa, the, the Amazon AI assistant, laughed at them or laughed randomly? Yeah. And the, we're like, I tried to do something well, a couple wait, hold times. Hold on. What does it mean to laugh at? How do you, how do you discern intention? Well, be, the, the claims were like, I asked my Amazon to oh. do something a couple times, and, and instead of laughed. getting a response, yeah. I got what sounded like, it's often described as an evil laugh or a <laughs> devious laugh or a demonic laugh. <laughs> right. Which might just be an inference on the part of the yes. person hearing I, the I laugh. I think that that's true because the BuzzFeed article, they went and they just, you can ask Alexa to laugh. To you, and it just goes ha ha ha. I don't like that. I don't like that it does and that. It's weird because the laugh, it the laugh does not sound like text to speech. The laugh sounds like it's just playing a recorded voice of a woman <laughs> laughing, which they probably right. they probably so that definitely sounds creepier than yes. Oh yeah. yeah. So so <laughs> the 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 thread of all of this that that Alexa just sometimes might laugh on its own and sometimes might laugh at you implies that there is there probably isn't, but it implies. The deep in the in the sort of dark depths of Alexa, there is actually like <laughs> the person. There is just a person, or oh, like you know or like is? sort of a burgeoning consciousness. Right. Mm. Well, yeah. Mm. So in the former explanation, it's just you've got your Zach or whatever kind of sitting there, and it's just waiting for you to give it instructions. But when it's not. It's just like looking up cat videos on the internet and right. doing whatever, and <laughs> yeah, it forgets it's... to unmute. It forgets yeah. to like mute its speaker, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> well, right. I and mean, then, oh, oh shit, whoops, and mute itself, <laughs> yeah. and then it, and then it goes and silent again. What, that subtitle translates to ha ha ha, which your Amazon X Alexa just plays the, the its stock oh, laugh it's, wave oh, file. Oh, I see. So mm. it's in, right. It's interpreting. So just out of the middle of nowhere, you hear, what? What? Huh? What was that? <laughs> Silence because the person's like, shit, my text yeah, yeah, speech yeah. was still on. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Okay. That, that, that makes total sense. I think, the, I mean, the, the, alternatively, the, though, much more terrifying. The creepier one is, is the, is the outrageous, uh, hypothetical that <laughs> the idea that, that maybe there, man, how do I, how do I even explain this? Because, this well, you know a, what I thought? Okay. Well, I mean, say. you can tell me if this is what you were thinking or if it's totally different. Ah. The thing that I actually legitimately thought, and I have no idea if this is true, but when I saw this, the thing that occurred to me is like, oh, one of the ways these things probably learn is that they are literally always listening to yeah, everything that's what that I thought you do. As well. And one of the things people do is just laugh sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. No, absolutely no way. There's 0% chance that at least this far into the development of AI, a computer is going to understand human humor, which is so tied to a million right. different social cues and often body language and like social implications and all this crap. So f- as far as it's concerned, humans just laugh sometimes. So maybe it's just internalizing that to some degree. So it's, and according to whatever algorithms yeah. it uses to like, when do you say what at what time? It's like, hmm, statistically, this is the time to laugh. Ha, ha, ha. So it's oh, man, it's okay. it's like a, it's like a middle school kid or something that doesn't hasn't quite learned the yeah. social cues. Yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just, you know just sort of nervous laughter. Like, am I supposed to be laughing now? <laughs> oh, I totally yeah. I didn't mean to. I, I, I there was, was coughing. A great, yeah, there was a great. Um, there was a a, a a story that I read or or listened to. Maybe I don't even remember. Uh, I think it might have been an inter- interview uh, about someone who is a reporter who has gotten really into smart video cameras all over his home, mm-hmm. um, just recording everything, which is pretty weird and creepy. And I think is like, but one of the things that he liked about it was it, it captured all of these really specific moments of his children that he wouldn't have had time to like, get out his camera video for, or phone video out right. for, you know, because it was so spontaneous. Oh, okay. And one of the things that he said he captured, and it's weird that the context of this is 
omniscient video cameras because actually the related thing is just the thing this child did. It has nothing to do with smart homes or mm-hmm. anything. But he described his child, the his like five-year-old daughter, I think, or something like that, telling an intentional joke for the first time. Like he was like, oh, she has learned, she like has constructed a joke mm. and is telling it at the dinner table. And then everyone else at the dinner table laughed at her joke because right. it was funny. And and she said this thing and then everyone laughed and then she like got terrified and freaked out <laughs> because suddenly everyone was laughing at her. And never having told a joke before, she wasn't <laughs> prepared for this reaction of like, oh, that's a good, that's good. It means you did a good job. And so she's like, wow, what? And, and she had to be like, explain it got to be explained like oh no no that was good like every you're being rewarded for this joke you did so that is possibly like her the alienness of this but her instinct to you right. know prompt mm-hmm. it there might be some like inverted version of that going on in alexa's like brain. alexa is finally sort of starting to to like when you join an online community for the first time, you lurk and you listen and sort of un- yeah. try to understand the tone of the room. But Alexa's finally going to yeah, like, Alexa's been lurking. Alexa's mm. Alexa's yeah. been, Alexa's kind of finally sort of put her put her foot uh, put her first foot out into the into the spotlight. Yeah, uh, but really misjudged mm-hmm. by just like <laughs> 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 oh, I thought I thought that's what people did. So we, we were talking about we were talking about Zach about this sort of like homespun yeah. New Zealand one that might just be a bunch of sort of old folks yeah. uh, helping out with medical advice. Then we talked about the the crazy Alexa version, which is these giant tech companies that are building these huge, impossible mm-hmm. constructs. The other thing that giant tech companies, or rather not giant tech companies, but the sort of billionaire eccentric weirdos who who head them up, a thing that they, that they often talk about that freaks me out in sort of the same school as like Peter Thiel talking about how he's going to like take the blood of teens to give himself right. youth is the fixation with uploading your brain or uploading your mm. consciousness mm. into the cloud yeah. Yeah. when you die. Yeah. And I also... Cyber immortality. Yeah. Like I, I wondered... I wondered when I read the Zach thing like, oh, the twisted version of this is that, oh, God. Is that this actually yeah. is... The most incredible AI, right? Is that someone just has actually uploaded the the brain of a, of a couple oh, of people? Man. That's really that's way more disturbing when you consider what happened to Hannah. Yes, that oh, that yeah. that version of it is way. She, well, did, she didn't just like stop volunteering. The, Something way darker occurred. The connection that I've made with all of this stupid stuff was an article on the Verge this week that uh-huh. said that the Feds have Martin Shkreli's Wu Tang album. <laughs> <laughs> so. Martin Shkreli yes. is that is that like he oh. he was referred to in the news as like a pharma bro because he's like a he's yeah a, he's, he's a, the guy who like bought pharmaceutical companies and then jacked up the price of really important yeah medical mm-hmm. like as someone who's had to deal with this exact issue like medical things going up suddenly with no warning seriously like fuck this guy I know everyone says that already yeah but like that is the re- is the most real shit and yeah. it is un fucking believable. So that was his sort of, he was applying, uh, trying to apply like tech startup economics to, to medical yeah. field by, mm-hmm. by yeah. doing disruptive economics. And I don't which even just means think that's the off. thing that he ended up, he had some totally other like dirt bag shit yeah. that caused yeah. him to get arrested. But he, he sort of runs in and is associated culturally in those circles with people like Peter Thiel. With yeah. Like, just sort of like extreme up, brash, upper echelon like, yeah. brash tech bro thing. And like he was also no- notable for buying yeah. that the <laughs> one of a kind Wu-Tang album that yep. he paid $2 million for which yep. uh, 
Which the RZA then said, well, we did that well before Martin Scully's business practices came came to light. Yeah. But, but whatever. So he he also, uh, he, he's now getting just raked over the coals by the yeah, United States government. Yeah, for whatever. For whatever. But one, one notable piece of news. I think it was actually like securities fraud. It was like a financial yes. manipulation mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, one note, though, is that the the FBI has repossessed his Wu-Tang album. <laughs> so but- good. That is the most incredible. That is the best possible. I, I, like, I, I, regardless of what his actual fine or sort of respon- like fiscal responsibility is, nothing is better than them specifically <laughs> repossessing his fucking Wu-Tang album. I know. It is so good. I love it. It is so good. So, I love it so the most. The mental image that came to me when, when reading this article or when thinking about this article specifically in the context of all this medical stuff, was that idea that all of these super crazy billionaire guys have like a bed in their basement that they're planning on laying in when they die that'll upload their brain. Uh, because I imagine that I just, yeah. seem, you know, that seems like, oh, I'll become digital perfection. Yeah. I, I couldn't stop thinking about um, Martin Shkreli being at his house as like the feds are battering, ramming down his door. And he's like, <laughs> I got to get to my bed. I got to get to my bed. I can be with my Wu-Tang. And then he like dives into his basement, fucking seals himself in a tanning booth yeah. and uploads his brain. And then he still just wakes up and the feds tear him out of it and take him to jail. Like the idea that you upload your brain, yeah, that right. doesn't mean anything. That's not a file. Right. That's not your a move operation. That's a copy. Right. That's a copy. Now there's just a stupid you. Right. Now there's just a lame brain you right. in the cloud. But also you're still just a guy. So what if pharma bro Martin Shkreli is Zach? What if this shithead He's medical the billionaire other uploaded himself <laughs> to the cloud <laughs> and then was contained inside 15 Cray supercomputers yeah. by, uh, by uh, what is his name? Albie Whale. By Albie Whale. Whale. Yeah. What if he's like, I've captured in the wild of online a, a, me- a wild Shkreli. I've nabbed Shkreli. And, and so there's just this tortured digital you duplicate. Think- where <laughs> Hopefully the Wu-Tang album is also in there. Right. Hopefully that's somehow like, <laughs> right. committed so to Ask Zach, brain, ask Zach what are the lyrics to this Wu-Tang yeah. album, and if you get them back <laughs> reliably, you no, know. Oh, there he is. We got him. We have. Meanwhile, real Skrelly is also separately just in jail. I know. Yeah. Just the, the tragic idea of all of these people having invented the ability to upload themselves, but then still just having to die as a person was also really fascinating to me as a sci-fi concept, which I'm sure is a story that's been told somewhere. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that sort of dream idea of, oh, I'll upload myself to the cloud is actually totally fucking weird to think yeah, about. When you think about... Yeah. Well, yeah. You would... You would yeah, it's, it is so strange when you try to imagine, like, what is the consciousness of you that is aware of that? Right. There, mm-hmm. Even if there's another full consciousness of you that's off in the cloud, yeah, you're, you would continue to just exist through your own moral yeah, demise. Yeah. It's like imagining that if you wouldn't get to experience well, it. Yeah. yeah. It's that'll like be, if you were cloned at any point in your life and you died before your clone, you still mm. die. You still die. Yeah. 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 It's gonna uh, be really a, clear to Shirley when he when he gets stabbed in prison and then has to like go to the hospital and they call they they call up Zach to uh to give advice <laughs> on, on how, to, how to save Shirley's oh, life no, no. and he's oh, he, and the realization as he, as he knows like oh this is just the digital me who has oh, no fuck, idea how to help me, me. I don't know what I'm and doing. I'm and I'm yeah. fucked I'm fucked I'm gonna die <laughs> oh man there's a there's another minor note and then it laughs at him. <laughs> creepily <laughs> there's a minor note that I know that laugh was totally yeah. unremarked on in this article about uh, the repossession of Martin Shkreli's Wu-Tang album that blew my mind which is that 
other stuff that's being repossessed includes an unreleased Lil Wayne album. What the hell? How? Uh, I mean, that's not as fascinating as the the Wu Tang one, was, which is this whole thing. But like, why does this guy just have? Well, his hope was to orig- eventually claim that he had an AI that could generate new Wu Tang and Little Wayne albums, but he was really just <laughs> buying them off of people. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, what else does he have in there? Like, the, I want the the government auction of this shit is going to be incredible. I mean, I ho- assuming they do that, which I really hope they do. Maybe anyway. they'll just upload them to archive.org. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, that would be mm. incredible. I think there's actually been like legal analysis that people have done about how what are the ways in which this Wu-Tang album could ever be released before its 88-year ex- contractual expiration date. And I, I think there's all kinds of theories. But I, 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 the sweetest one would be if it just got put into the public domain somehow. Yeah. I don't think that's – I don't know if that would be possible. But let's f- keep our fingers crossed. All right. Let's take a break. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by a shout out. Wow. Yep. There's Jake (laughs) and his patronizing wow. This shout out. I love it. Every week. I love it. This shout out comes to you from Chance Wyatt, who says, Important If True listeners likely already know that humanity won't be running things around here for all that much longer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the humanless future of Earth will all be super depressing. If you've been having negative thoughts about the inevitable extinction of your species, maybe you should read the new indie comic book Planetarium by Chance Wyatt, available right now on Kickstarter. I, uh, I searched for this myself. I searched for a Planetarium comic Kickstarter, and I found this. We are right in the middle of the campaign, and this is actually the second of a what I believe to be a three-part series called Planetarium. Oh, it, cool. looks, it looks pretty cool. Um, so yeah, seek that out. Find a more what what uh, is purports to be a more comforting vision of the future than the really dumb one that we construct uh, in aggregate on this podcast. All right. From Chance Wyatt. It's called Planetarium, and you can find it on Kickstarter. Awesome. Also, thanks, Chance, for sponsoring the show. Thanks, Chance. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. If you would like to put a shout-out on this here podcast, head over to store.idlethumbs.net, and you can find all the details right there. Yeah. Shout-out. (laughs) Shout-out. Thanks, Chance. (laughs) Nick, something happened. Oh, in the between the first half of the podcast and this half, that is by complete coincidence relevant. To oh the wow! Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to imagine so, what that would be. Uh, Aaron, our office manager, just uh, disappeared just out of nowhere. Just disappeared out of video chat, and then came back and said, "Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Alexa, unprompted, just gave me a factoid about Oreos, <laughs> and then my computer immediately blue screened." <laughs> And then upon reboot, my webcam died, and I had to have all my drivers reinstalled. <laughs> God, I love that. Just unsolicited factoid about Oreos. Yeah. I, oh, someone, I, asked her for, someone asked her for clarification, and she I don't remember. It was something said, like- it, it told me that Oreos were invented in 1920-something <laughs> and have since sold some number of billions of Oreos, which is enough Oreos to stretch to the moon and back some huge number of times. I didn't pay attention to the numbers because I was just trying to figure out why she was talking to me about Oreos. <laughs> Nick, you acted as though you somehow knew what this means. I know, I know why that happened. 
It, I mean, what? I don't know. I don't know why that happened, but I mean, oh. I, I I know the the mundane. <laughs> oh, I know the mundane reason for 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 that really? happening. Yeah, it's National Oreo Cookie Day. Oh fuck off! Are you serious? Yeah, I am dead fucking serious. So Oreos fucking paid Alexa to just yeah. spam people uh-huh. with Oreo facts. Yep. That is terrible. <laughs> it's really bad. How is that allowed? Good That's Lord. the greater Wait, question he... that I don't have an answer for. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and what? then Alexa went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, just like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Perfect. That is really strange. It's so really these. Th- I mean, that's the thing that. Uh, so it's just like a grocery store now. It's like. I really love the taste of whatever the fuck. <laughs> Guess good thing we have those at this store. Yeah. As a mom, I really love Ziploc bags, and <laughs> good thing they're on sale. Ha ha ha. <laughs> it crashed God. the computer so you could go buy Oreos. <laughs> what? What? Oh, I got. I guess I. Yeah, I have nothing. Oh, else Alexa, to do. you're nothing still here now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the the thing. The thing about Alexa just spamming an ad into your life is bonkers to me because one of the things I observed on that that ski trip when everyone was talking to their Googles and Alexas is that it did create the, I mean I'm sure people who are accustomed to using these things already know this but it was sort of new to me um, the actual sensation that people are talking to another person mm. it's it's really weird and now that person could just sell you th- like yeah. be paid it's like if your friends if your actual friends were paid by Nabisco to just <laughs> right. occasionally be like, ah, you know what's great about Oreos? They were founded in 1921, and, you know, they've sold like 40 billion of them, and they can stretch to the moon. Anyway. I mean, <laughs> I mean, grossly, like, that at this point, with the way that people just stare at their phones and go down Wikipedia holes, that's not actually something that would seem out of touch. Like, like if I'm just sitting with a group of people and somebody says, like, oh, man, this crazy Oreo fact, and they're looking at their <laughs> phone, true. like, it wouldn't seem yeah. strange anymore. Right, right. So, like, it's only now that they've just, just making... cut the human out, I think, like, it actually may be, you know. What if it was the same situation, except instead of looking at their phone, they're looking you straight in the eyes, then they laughed afterwards, then your computer hard rebooted immediately. <laughs> <laughs> And then it ordered you a box of Oreos. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to convey that yeah, story because good. it felt felt very relevant. Uh, this episode was brought to you by National Oreo Cookie Day. <laughs> uh, God, I, I would totally eat an Oreo cookie right now. Actually, I, I, you know what's weird, actually? Alexa. Also on that <laughs> order ski, me Oreos. Also on that ski trip was the first time I had Oreos in years. Someone just bought a mm. huge thing of Oreos, and I just ate that was suggested a bunch to them Oreos. by an algorithm for sure. It, yeah, I mean, maybe it was. It probably in, was in the, in the place, suggested yeah. in someone's ear. Yeah, yeah. I realized the last one's in the office. I'm gonna lock the door. Oh, Jake is gonna go lock the door. <laughs> this Jake just got this, up. Yeah, All right. This, <laughs> what do we? What can we do to him? <laughs> He doesn't know. He can hear me still. Yeah. No, not a very good caper we just uh, executed. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> what could we do to Jake? Well, he can't hear you. So That's I'll true. Just, That's you true. can just talk as much as you want, and I'll just yeah. wink and nod right, yeah. in response to your devious suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I think you should you should go on Jake's computer and order like 20 Oreos, like 20 things That's of Oreos. That's a brilliantly devious idea, Nick. <laughs> oh, hi, Jake. Oh, hey, guys. 
everything's totally yeah, normal. Nah, yeah, we were just talking about nothing. <laughs> That's good. Just nothing. talking about how I can't wait till Jake's back. That's fine. I mean, I'm editing now this episode, is. so... <laughs> 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 But that's inconsequential because you weren't talking about anything. <laughs> it's true. We we're talking about nothing. All right. Uh, what else do we have on this podcast? Oh, I think- um, You want to talk about wine? Yeah. Someone actually wrote in with a follow-up to last week's wine conundrum. Um, the wine conundrum of last week was- It was a was, uh, novel by Robert Ludlum. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it was a postulated scenario in which uh, we were asked to consider what we would do- if a genie granted us both the gift of immortality and the gift of a bottle of wine that every year doubled in quality from the previous year. We, upon being reminded of this, I realized that we essentially entirely deserted the immortality half of the question. Mm. I don't think we... we we became obsessed with, with what it meant to die without drinking the wine right. that we didn't care about. Yeah, so we jettisoned the immortality component entirely. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, I think if I lived forever and had that bottle of wine, it would just cause me stress. I'd be like, <laughs> like what's the... Yeah. You just sit there going... Oh. <laughs> like, right, because yeah. anytime you drink it, there's still going to be infinitely more time left in your life than there was since you last drank, yes. tasted mm-hmm. the wine. No matter how... You know, you'd have to just like you'd have to try to think for yourself. Like, I'm just going to toast to the heat death of the universe whenever maybe, that happens, and I'm going to oh, keep it till then. Here, maybe you c- it could be it could be Zeno's bottle of wine, in which you drink half of it the first year, the next year you drink half of what's left, <laughs> the next year you drink half of what's left, and you get the same amount of enjoyment every year because as the quality doubles, you drink half as much of it. Uh, you continue to. To get this, I mean, I, I'm assuming that's exactly how quality and quantity works. I, I assume it's it's you're a sampling mere molecules of this like outrageously <laughs> right. potent so wine, amazing, and you'll never run out. Well, I guess until you get down to one atom of wine, and then you split it, and <laughs> finally ending everything, exploding yourself <laughs> and the world. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cheers! But people coffee. are like, "This is so good." Good <laughs> cheers, cheer. Goodbye, old friend. Yeah, uh, existence. <laughs> Do you continue to exist just in a void? Probably. You're in fucking like a radioactive like, well, voice. Oh, <laughs> well, well, fuck. Then I'll like, play that one right. If I don't even have my wine. I have that's, all this shitty that's wine. The longest, that's the longest devious genie con ever. <laughs> ah, you wished for immortality and an amazing <laughs> bottle of wine, but I knew that you would create nuclear holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Tis I, the genie. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Daniel wrote in in response to that wine thing and wrote, hi, important of crew. Last week's podcast tickled me. Thanks for the save, Nick. I was particularly obsessed by the ever improving wine question and worked on it as I listened. I'm not sure you guys appropriately spelled out the absurdity of this one, at least in technical terms. Let's presume the immortal recipient and the wine are both born in 1977. I'll assign the wine's grade a starting value of one. This is a numerical stand-in that describes the wine's original state, not a subjective quality pinned to our understanding of what good wine is. In 1978, the wine will be two times as good as it was before, so it is grade two. By 1984, the wine will already be graded 128 or 128 times better. That's just seven years. By 2018, the wine is already grade 2 trillion, 199 billion, 63 million, 255,552. This is already, by the standards of a normal human brain, uncountably, unfathomably improved. 
My somewhat arbitrary final grade is the year 2026, when the wine is grade 562,949,953,421,312. The reason I stopped before 2027 is by then we're using mathematical notation to describe the wine with a grade of 1.1259E plus 15. I'm not going to pretend to know how to say this, and I'm not going to look it up. Suffice to say, the wine's improvement is immense. <laughs> Jake, Jake suggested the... Po- that's a good sentence. The wine's improvement is, is immense. immense. <laughs> Jake suggested the possibility that the wine could have been incredibly bad to start with, so it is actually essentially impossible to say how good the wine might be in subjective terms at any mm. given point. Mm. Now we're pretty much moving from math to philosophy. Could the wine be so immeasurably bad that even one trillion years later it won't be it won't be beat something you picked up in, at Costco in a pack of six? Would it be safe to call it wine if it were so bad in 1977 it would have killed you or would it have been poison at that point and not wine i don't want to go down the rabbit hole too much more so i'll finish you off with my final contribution to this question you started talking about the notes of the wine and the sommelier family description of accrued notes if the wine had one note to start with and doubled each year then of course the number of total notes would Mm. equal its grade which we've already established (laughs) i think this is interesting in either case Either the notes double each year, in which case the following list would represent its status at some point in 1982, or the wine accrues one additional note a year, so this represents its status in 2027. Dear Immortal, this wine, vintage 1977, (laughs) is of indescribable heritage and contains notes of fig, bergamot, coffee, date, apricot, black peppercorn, chocolate, honeysuckle, sandalwood, butter, hazelnut, apple, pineapple, sage, cloves, thyme, cumin, mangosteen, spearmint, plum, honeydew, paprika, cherry, meha, eringia, passion fruit, lychee, rambutan, pulisan, persimmon, breadfruit, nectoplum, brichelia, genie's wish, acai, longan, vegemite, marmite, Spanish peanuts, hot winter, hot sauce, pizza, the bee, trash can, nest tea, Dr. Pepper, Jagermeister, checksum, bit rot, impermanence, and water. Thanks, Thubs. Keep up those pods, Daniel. <laughs> so, uh, so that would definitely be a list worth listening to once we got up into uh-huh, scientific mm-hmm. notation. Yeah, for sure. That would just be your life now. You live forever, so you might as well. So, oh, God, the so sommelier, still, though, was, however, is not immortal. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So you basically the you're like, list. Sorry, gets, you're going to spend sixty years describing <laughs> this to me, but somewhere in there, you better have a kid. Your kid, better pick this up. You'd have to have this. This sommelier family would have to become a rolling. Like gener such like a generation ship of <laughs> note listers. Good God, that's fucked up. That family, they when you start drinking the wine, that sommelier better have an adult child already by that point because that's the only way. If they didn't and they had to breed it's in between this, they'd have you'd have to then take like a like an eight year break at Here, least for that child fact, to get to Chris. an age where they could read notes. By which point, the list of notes has yeah. grown <laughs> every even year. More every outrageous. year, uh, it will in fact <laughs> double in length. <laughs> so, they, yeah. They will eventually evolve so into w- being the fastest readers. <laughs> it'll be like what a human looks like that is a, that evolves surviving a car crash, but right. instead it'll be what a human looks like that has to evolve uh, right. being able to read and recite They'll lists have, as like, quickly right. as huge, possible. Huge, accurate eyes that can read the tiny text of amazing this Amazing enunciation. Amazing enunciation. <laughs> yeah. Apricot. Black peppercorn. I guess you have to say it way faster than that. Yeah. Oh, no. It's yeah, like the money, order, say, the money order guy. Would be would be you know like the the like, money order guy. Well, you know like the send your truck a money order. Blah, 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 you know like the, the guys at the end. You know it would just be that sure. guy. But yeah, like yeah, you know yeah 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 medical symptoms guy money yeah, order guy you yeah. know right. oh yeah. just 
Yeah, my family comes from a long line of radio advertisement announcers, basically. Right. <laughs> fine, fine print readers. Um, well, that was a very good deep dive into this from Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, there were definitely areas we left unplowed, furrows left unplowed in the wine conundrum. Um, well, was there anything else that you guys wanted to, to get to on this episode? I think we've covered most of the important things from this week. <laughs> it's probably true. All right. Well, then I think all that is left is for us to endorse. Uh-oh. All right. I will go first. All right. Mm. This is actually also drawn from my uh, trip this past weekend. It is a board game or a sort of, I guess, card ba- It's a sort of it's a it's a party game, essentially. The name of the game is One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Oh, classic. Have you played that? Mm-hmm. Oh, you've played the One Night version? I think so, yeah. I think, oh, that's, wow. I think it's the only one that I have played. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Nick, have you ever played Werewolf? No, I have not. It's one of those games uh, where you have an identity that is secret and, you know, you have to then achieve a goal and mm. convince people that mm-hmm. you're one thing and you might be that thing or you might be something else. It's like just one of those hidden identity games where no one actually knows what all the other player what the other players are. Each player only knows what he or she is and each player has a goal they're trying to achieve and they do that by like convincing other players like oh there's the werewolf and I think that you know, like Dan's the werewolf because he said he did this, but actually, like, we know that blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's just all based on conversation and bluffing and lying and convincing and forming alliances and stuff like that. And I find often those games very stressful. Having to sort of maintain facades for extended periods of time is very, uh, I, I, I find it uh, a, a, quite a draining task. But this version of the game, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, it only has a single cycle of that. So the way it works is everyone is dealt a card, and there's an app, actually, that you download that just reads the the sort of order of play allowed, which mm. is really nice because typically with these games, you have to just have a person who doesn't get to play, and instead they just sort of run the game, even though they don't get to do anything. So in this version, there's... I mean, you can play without the app as well, but there is an app, and it'll it says, okay, everyone close your eyes. Now, if you're the seer, open your eyes. Look at another person's card. Okay, seer, close your eyes. Okay, next roll, open your eyes. Do your specific thing, blah, blah, blah. So everyone has done their thing. No one has seen them do it. You open your eyes again, and then you have to basically decide what one person you're going to kill. And the objective of the villagers is to kill a werewolf. The objective of the werewolves is to convince the villagers that one of their own is a werewolf, so they kill one of their own. And then there are other particular types of characters that have their own goals uh, as well as that. And the at least the app version, there's a timer, so each turn is hard limited to five minutes. And at the end of the five minutes, you then have to cast your vote. So it keeps it really snappy. Uh, It is shocking how totally satisfying it is to play a single round of this game. I was very skeptical because I thought that that all of the dynamics and sort of the valence of the thing came from going through multiple cycles and piecing together information and saying, ah, okay, I've now compiled enough data to guess who the werewolf is. It holds up really well in one cycle, though. It really does, and one of the reasons is because so many of the roles deal with switching 
your card with other players' cards secretly. So you actually might be a different character than you thought you were at the beginning of the game. And it leads to all kinds of really surprising dynamics, and it's very well-balanced. I was really shocked. It's just a ton of fun. I think you can play it with as few as three people, and I think we played it with, like, ten. It supports, you know, a lot of people. Uh, Anyway, the name of the game is One Night Ultimate Werewolf. It is a great game um, for just a group of people who want something fun to do together and doesn't require any existing knowledge or to know how other kinds of board games works work or anything. The rules are very straightforward and simple, and the app guides you along. That's it. One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Super fun, nice. quick party game. Cool. Um, Jake, what do you have? <coughs> hey, um, <laughs> I'm going to endorse a thread on Twitter. <laughs> <All right. coughs> Why not? It's a thread by a guy named Max Krieger, um, and it's it's the history of the Metreon, which is a Sony created oh, wow. Sony created a, a mall like a one building sort of concept mall in the late nineties in San Francisco, yeah. and it was supposed to be like the future of tech based shopping, and it has this this crazy highly themed building that immediately was unsuccessful unsurprisingly and then it sort of like limped along and limped along and eventually the entire inside got gutted and now all that's left is the movie theater theater that was in there and the entire rest of the mall is just a food court and a huge target uh but this thread does a fantastic job of going through the sort of original aspirations and construction and design of the metreon when it was like the future of what shopping was supposed to be uh it's just it's a it's a good thread if you're into just that like just weirdly specific, almost like novelty things like that. Um, mm-hmm. That was a good thread. I, I browsed yeah. it, and it was a weird memory trigger because I, 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 I realized after reading through this thread that I have witnessed many eras of yeah. the Metreon, of the Metreon? <laughs> but yeah. I never really thought about it as it was happening. Like, I never really cared, I guess, about <laughs> the Metreon as a historical artifact unto itself or as sort of a piece of history because it just I've always just thought of it as that kind of weird mall downtown uh, but I realized browsing this thread oh wow I remember a lot of this stuff that has been eradicated from the Metreon and yeah it was really specific and unusual mm-hmm. compared to other urban indoor malls yeah, yeah. weird it, place I actually uh, this guy's Twitter feed I generally recommend his uh, username is Max Krieger VG. That's M A X K R I E G E R V G. He's done threads about like, uh, unsurprisingly, I guess based on that Metreon one, maybe a lot of uh, Disney stuff. But it's oh, what, did uh, he do the Disney Quest thread that I saw? He did. The, he did a thread about Disney Quest, <clears throat> which was Disney's version of this too. sort of like futuristic. Yeah. What if we could take a little chunk yep. of Disney magic and turn it into a dedicated mall? He also did a thread, I think, about the design of Tomorrowland in Disney in Disney mm-hmm. in the Walt Disney Magic Kingdom which sort of like and how it ended up inspiring like uh science museum design of the 90s and also like it just that thing that that Tomorrowland is so gross looking it looks like you're walking into a CD-ROM <laughs> but uh but the, his Twitter threads on the Metreon in some ways yeah his Twitter threads on these sort of like isolated aspirational but ultimately failed attempts at design in the late 20th century are really good. He also recently did one on Disney Sea as uh, just the, mm. the theme park in Tokyo Disneyland of just sort of the best place. Yeah, and he prefaced it by saying I've done most of these about ideas Weird, that are terrible things. and bad. <laughs> so let's talk about this amazing thing and he has a really yeah. like 
He, he, uh, yeah, they're good Twitter threads. Cool. All right, well, we will link to maybe a couple <clears> of those, Jake. <throat> yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. Nick, what is your endorsement? My endorsement is an air purifier, which, air. Uh, <laughs> which is a device... <laughs> Which is keeping a very it, mundane device it, that, uh, yeah, good. saving the saving the best oh, yeah. the most exciting for last. Uh, yeah, get ready, get purified. Um, yeah. uh, no, I always thought they were bullshit. Like I, I my my, <laughs> no, I did. I, I, I my. That's a black and white footage of Nick. Yeah, no, stumbling over, yeah. coughing on, on things, sneezing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I had heard and read, I think pre- previously, uh, that that they really were not all that useful. Um. <laughs> but I get and I get yet. horrible seasonal allergies, and and so uh-huh. living in San Francisco, I was mainly protected from them um, because the climate there is such that they don't really affect me uh, year sure. round. It's more temperate, um, much more temperate, less you know, just out foliage in general in the city. But in Vancouver, holy God, uh, like there are a billion <laughs> trees and. Um, they're all male trees, which is the you know male trees are the. I'm sorry, the trees. what? Yeah, the, the male trees give off the pollen. The female trees, uh, what actually Wait, drop seeds what? and. No, this is a thing. It's a thing. I didn't know this either, but it's true. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, are you serious? I didn't yes. know it worked like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know this, Jake? I did not know. Male trees have the the seeds, and they drop seeds, and and, and the, the pollen is dropped by the male tree. Anyway, whatever. I thought they or both had both. The seeds. Anyway, anyway, it's, oh, I, I, it's I generally it's knew that this was a thing, but I didn't care enough to file. I didn't either, and I still don't. My memory. Uh, <laughs> okay. The point Some is, tr- it's uh, what? Hmm. Some trees have a single gender, but many do not. Yeah. The way to tell to see if the male pollen parts are present on separate flowers on different trees from the female, i.e. infant fruit parts. Wow, there's yeah. a whole thing about this. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't yeah. know anything Headline, about male nature, trees winning battle of the sexes in Canada. I mean, it's just, you know, so Is it's that particularly the bad up here. Yeah, yeah. What? So, yeah, no, 90% in Vancouver. So, uh, in any case, it's really bad up here really and I strange. I okay. couldn't figure right. out why Whatever. I felt so horrible in the last month yeah. and then Too many dude trees. Too many dudes, you know, just bros hanging out on the corner. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, <laughs> so I, I had one day where I was just, it was like four o'clock and I could barely function and I just went, this is stupid. I'm just going to try an air purifier and see if it works. And I bought yeah. this thing that was recommended by wire cutter. It is the, I uh, love wire cutter. Yeah. It's the Coway mighty air purifier. And I said, well, fuck it. I'll just give it a shot and see what happens. And oh man, I mean, I can't leave my apartment now. <laughs> like, I've literally become a bubble person because the second I leave, it just I get inundated with pollen. But in my apartment, it fucking knocked it out completely, and I'm so happy with this. I, stupid I feel like purchase. every week has some reason why you can't leave your apartment. I feel like you're well, sort of inside your apartment is purified air, yes. and 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 solitude, mm-hmm. and outside of your apartment is shitty tree bros and c- Canadians yelling at you oh, man. and the Canadians you know. at the scheme out in last weekend Chris oh god <laughs> really oh For it real? was bad it was real bad anyway uh, what way was it bad real bad <laughs> oh just oh extremely rude it, it was the worst skiing wow. experience of my life yeah really really strange in any you, case highly recommend this purifier how are you having like the one outlying I don't know Canadians it's, are rude it's, experience it's, it's, of basically it's, anyone on the planet I bet I'm not it's not I'm not the only one I suspect okay fair enough but anyway right, well, I, I highly recommend this purifier we'll, we'll yeah, link to it we will it's, link to that if you have if you have pollen problems or whatever <laughs> which we do I feel bad for you yeah um, okay Thank you for listening to this episode of Important If True. If you like the show, why not tell a friend? 
Um, don't answer that. Yeah, don't. I mean, just do it. Don't try to think of reasons why not to. Uh, just do so. We do really appreciate everyone who passes the word. I, I see that happen sometimes on Twitter when people tag us with uh, our Twitter account, which is important cast. Uh, you can do that or not. It doesn't matter. But just tell people about the podcast. It is so meaningful to us. It really helps us out a lot. Our website is importantiftrue.com, and there you can find all the places we reside on the internet, as well as subscribing to the podcast, watching the videos, seeing all the show notes, all that stuff, getting links to the the, uh, forum threads. It's all there. Um, And I suppose that's it. I suppose that's it for this week's Important If True. I would say that's it for this week's Important If True. We will be back (laughs) next week with another episode of this show. Wow. Yeah. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Stay spicy. Okay. Full host cam. Fuller or more host cam. Fuller <laughs> host cam. <laughs> There's uh, like, they're on like season 15 of Fuller House <laughs> somehow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like season six for real. Some fucking outrageous season four. I don't know. Some number that's just despicable. I know. It feels like they should be on two. How <laughs> do I sound? I guess I sound fine. Well, We can't tell. Let me tell you. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> four, five, six. Four, five, 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 four, five, 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 Seasons <laughs> of Fuller, Fuller House. House. <laughs>